Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Folks, check out the NFL BetQL betting preview. It's the must-have tool for the 2023-24 season. Unlock a world of sportsbook offers that will have you playing smarter, not harder, with more than 10,000 in-depth game-by-game simulations at your fingertips. You will be equipped with unparalleled insights to make informed bets. Whether you're a seasoned better or just getting started, this guide is your ticket to maximizing success in the world of NFL betting. Don't miss out. Grab your copy now when you sign up for a premium subscription and get ready to conquer the odds. All right, Joe, let's talk about some of our favorites to win divisions as far as the AFC is concerned. First, let's take a sort of a macroscopic view about the NFL in general. As far as some insights per BetMGM, most bet tickets to win their respective division, it starts with the Lions at plus 135. We've talked before about the loyalty of Lions fans. Well, boy, are they loyal as ever. They are the most bet on team to win any any division, their respective division. So the NFC North, uh, Detroit Lions, plus 135. Then comes the Bears at plus 450. And then the Steelers at plus 450. I find this intriguing that we have such such massive hysteria uh, (laughs) for the Lions and the Bears, knowing full well that there is an argument to be made that maybe the Vikings won't regress as much. Maybe the Packers have something in Jordan Love. Like, I think these are fair conversations and cases to be made here. Yeah, uh, we'll probably go over this a lot more tomorrow when we go over the NFC divisions. But the NFC North is taking the most bets of any division at BetMGM. I find that interesting. Now, part of it is because we're talking about legal markets uh, in Detroit, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois, and and Pittsburgh too. And these are three rabid fan bases, and that's part of it, and just having le- being legal. But it's kind of crazy that there's such a strong opinion. The Lions stuff is just, oh, my God, I just want to vomit. It's just everywhere. It's Campbell for Coach of the Year. It's Aiden Hutchinson has the most bets for Defensive Player of the Year. It's Lions have the most bets to win the division of any division in football. It's, it's just enough to make you want to vomit. It's just ridiculous. But anyways, I, I mean, just I, some, it's expected to, I guess. I was kind of hoping that we would move past the over-the-top love for Detroit a year after hard knocks, but I guess we can't. No, we can't. Uh, so much so that most money, as far as teams to win the division, that's also going to the Lions at uh, plus 135, followed by the Saints, uh, which that one actually makes a little bit of sense to me just because it's a division where you could have three bad teams and one okay team. So there is that. Uh, but I don't see the Jaguars on the list. So, you know, that throws that logic out the w- window. And then the Titans are third as far as uh, most money uh, invested for a team to win the division. Titans at three to one. Interesting choice there. Uh, but let's start with the AFC East. The favorites, the Bills at plus 120. Highest ticket percentage goes to the Jets at nearly 29%. Highest handle, the Bills at nearly 37%. And that makes Buffalo the biggest liability as far as this market is concerned. And to an extent, that makes some sense to me because you have the Jets. They have a lot of hype right now. You have the Dolphins. uh, They could have the highest ceiling 
And I still think that enough people out there look at Bill Belichick and say, you know what, if anybody can quote unquote figure it out, it would mm -hmm. be him. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of a Bill Belichick comeback. Yeah. And he's one of the longer shots of any division in the AFC. I've, I find that kind of interesting. Also interesting, let's get rid of Zappy Fever. Let's get rid of Malik Cunningham. Like they're they're all in on Mac Jones. Okay, we'll see how it ends up working. And there are, there are some quarterbacks available now. So that's oddly interesting. I wasn't expecting to get some surprise cuts, but we did get some surprise cuts yesterday. Um, as far as these AFC divisions, I'd like to work backwards for a second. Is okay. there a case to be made for taking any team that's not the Chiefs in the West, that's not the Jaguars in the South? Well, I've made the case that the Texans at 11-1 should be worth a sprinkle, if nothing else, because I actually feel like this defense can be pretty doggone good. And I get backing a rookie quarterback is a dangerous proposition, but the, the running game for the Texans should be fairly stout. I don't know how much I love the wide receiver position out in Houston, but with those odds, that's a massive payout. And there are enough elements there in a really weak division that lead me to believe that the Texans do have a chance at least. Okay. Yeah. Um, your point taken on the, on the rookie quarterback group of young receivers, no longer cooks there, man, there are so many changes. I'm counting six new starters on offense five new starters on defense. So there's probably only one direction to go up. So you're expecting Will Anderson just to make an immediate impact uh, from day one. And, and I get that. I I did like the D'Amico Ryans hire. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If, winning the division is going to be tough, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of the uh, talking points this year among rookie head coaches is, is, is look at the impact that we're seeing from D'Amico Ryans, that this team is actually competitive. Don't know that they're actually winning games. Um, and let, let's see how many, how many coin flips are they in? Probably more than you would expect when thinking about this roster and the season that they had a year ago. Week two, Colts is a coin flip. They're actually a short favorite. Uh, as far as dogs of three, three and a half, week four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, week nine, they're a favorite. Week 11, they're a favorite over Arizona. Uh, they're a favorite over Tampa. They, they get Tennessee twice late in the year. Okay, that's interesting. I, I understand where you're coming from there. It, it's part of it, like, look. You made all these changes, but it's got to be better than what we saw, and we actually have a quarterback with a with a higher ceiling that could put it together by the time we get to the second half of the season. That has a lot to do with it. I, for the most part, when it comes to division bets, I I tend to shy from rookie quarterbacks because you're expecting mm -hmm. them to play at a certain level for a lengthy period of time. And while I know that C.J. Stroud isn't getting uh, the most pub among the rookie quarterbacks at the same time, I just like the overall direction of the organization. It's one of those things where there was a lengthy period of time, you know, I think it probably started with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, where it felt like that anything could have gone wrong did go wrong just because of management. They were just making these really weird decisions. And now it feels like they're being serious again.
Now it's time to, to like what Houston is doing. So in that respect, I think they're, they're worth a flyer. The division's really bad. You do need a little bit of help from the mm-hmm. Jaguars to kind of fall apart. But I don't know if you need mm-hmm. help from the Titans or the Colts to also be bad. So in that respect, I think the Texans make a little bit of sense. They're the only long shot I feel like in the AFC that I feel really comfortable with. And yeah, I have to go against my rookie quarterback sort of axiom, I guess. But it's 11 to 1. Like, that's a massive payout for a franchise that's on an uptick. I know there's a lot of context, but we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars like they won 12 games, not nine last year. And the context is the second half of the season, the, the great run that they ended up having and, and the strides that we saw from Trevor Lawrence and you had Calvin Ridley, an explosive playmaker on the, on the outside the first time that he's going to have uh, someone like that. I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take that trade of Calvin Ridley for Marvin Jones Jr. every single time, and I think everybody would. Um, what, can they, what can they do defensively is, is going to be the big question here, and will that sort of a run continue? Um, they were competitive against Kansas City, too, in uh, one of their few losses in the second half of the season. They beat Baltimore, which was impressive. They took down the Cowboys in a shootout. So a lot of context there, but, you know, they did win. They did lose, what, five in a row in the first half of the season. So and that did happen. They were just, just above 500. So we don't know that they're just going to automatically take that next step. Well, also, you had some close games, too, in the first half. You also were coming off of the Urban Meyer mm-hmm. debacle. There, there's a lot <laughs> of context required. You know, don't just look at the record. You, you got to sort of dig a little bit more deeply. And there were enough right. arrows pointing in the right direction for Jacksonville to where at least they would have a chance. And, yeah, they needed a little bit of help from the Titans to completely collapse. But Jacksonville, you know, played a role in that. So, I I still think that the Jaguars can be good. We talked about this yesterday, that there is value taking them to win the AFC in large part because they could be the Titans from a few years ago where maybe you're not more impressed with the Jaguars than everyone else, but the schedule is so much easier to where they can get that one seed and they're just set up for success a good bit more, even more so than, say, the Chiefs who have to play that additional game or one of the other barn burners, you know, or one of the other, uh, you know, juggernauts out in the AFC. So, you know, there is a lot of context there. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, AFC South, I think, you know, pretty much have that covered up. Let's go back to the East, though, because while the Bills are very much a liability uh, at plus 120, you know, and I I don't necessarily like the offense overall with the Patriots at eight to one, because the RPO game does need to be a good bit better for Mac Jones to at least be a contender. Don't like the Jets at all at plus 250, but you and I both think that the Dolphins at 3-1 to one offer some value, if for no other reason that the ceiling is a good bit higher offensively, right? Yeah, yeah, and it seems like they're going to be willing to add if they do need to add at some point. Like, look, I, I went into last season with a lot of questions about Tua. And we weren't sure what McDaniel was going to be once he got away from Shanahan. Weren't all of those questions answered last year? Certainly felt like it. Mm-hmm. And you have one of the most explosive playmakers in the game with Tyreek. And don't forget about Waddle. Like, offensively, there are zero concerns. The only thing is now, what are you going to get, it, going to get defensively out of this team? 
I think a lot of times, and we're guilty of this, um, talking about the Dolphins' high ceiling. Wouldn't you argue that they also have a high floor with that offense, with, with those receivers? I think that you could make the case. Now, I understand if you don't have two, that, that's different. QB1 goes down for anybody. The season is probably going to go off the rails. That's just the reality of today's NFL. But I think you could make the case that with their play caller and that offense, that this team does have a high floor. I I would not actually. I I can Why? see a path where everyone is helped. I I'm looking at the end of last season and let's see, uh, two point loss to the Patriot. Well, all right, Bridgewater was lost crazy. five in a row. Uh, but yeah, so they lost five in a row, and Tua was playing in all of them. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. bad loss to San Francisco. That, to me, mattered because the 49ers kind of knew what the game plan was offensively. So there may be uh, something there. But six-point loss to the Chargers, uh, three-point loss to the Bills on a, on a Saturday night. Okay. Uh, six-point loss to the yeah. Packers. That actually looks bad. Uh, close loss, New Year's Day. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Bridgewater is playing that one. So four of the five, uh, I see two is playing here. Uh, you know, haven't done a deep dive on that last one. But – you know, you did have your sort of full complement of offensive players. Now, what state the quarterback was in, that's a different conversation. But still, though, it, it is possible that this can completely fall apart. So I would, I would push back on this idea that the floor is really high for them. I do trust Mike McDaniel, you know, the things that he does in terms of the intermediate part of the field being important and utilizing that as far as, you know, what sort of passing concepts – you want to make sure that field gets utilized for. I think that's great, but you can see with Tagovailoa that you know there, there's a high variance here. But at three to one, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to take a flyer. Yeah, well, I, I say high floor because I think Vic Fangio is going to bring stability with that defense. And when we talk about that nosedive that they took at the end of the season, think about that month. It is a month of Shanahan. Herbert, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. You don't see that on the, on the schedule this year. Like, yeah, Chargers are tough week one. Then you come back with the Patriots and the Broncos. Oh, Josh Allen's going to be tough. But then you come back with the Giants, the Panthers. Hurts and Eagles, never easy. But then you get the Patriots. Uh, you get the Chiefs, but then you get the Raiders. Like, there are some soft landing spots for this team. That's why I have a hard time believing that, that they're going to be in last place in the East. AFC North, Bengals are the favorite, but the Steelers are a big liability for the book. I wouldn't go that route, Bengals or Ravens, uh, for me. I I think either either or the other offers some value. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Nate Tice from The Athletic previews the upcoming NFL season. That's right here on the BetQL Network.